This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome back to The Gospel for Life. We want to just pause at the beginning of our show just to highlight the upcoming Reformation Boise Conference, September 22nd and 23rd at Ambrose High School. We're shifting locations for a year. I'm Dr. Jonathan Gibson, Dr. Miles Van Pelt. And if you have not registered, please go to ReformationBoise.com. Remember, you don't need to register to come, but you do need to register in order to be able to win the door prizes. I just was contacted by Crossway. They are wanting to give away some material. Um, Another group reached out to us. So we should have more giveaways this year than we've had in the past just because we have some book distributors that are willing to have us give out free things. So please register at ReformationBoise.com. Did you guys register yet? I have registered. I just want you to know, Josh, I have. Okay, good. Danny? Not yet. <laughs> see, see, I that was, was me last week. You know, the reason why we bring Josh in here is because then he can publicly shame yes, us. Yeah. Well, it's it, one of my favorite things to do. I <laughs> did just see the email this morning, Josh, so thank you. But uh, yeah, I did not jump on that at the moment I looked at it. Wow. Come on. What is going on? If you ever want to reach out to us here at the radio show, you can email us at thegospelforlifeidaho at gmail.com. Once again, you can give suggestions for the radio show or whatever it might be. I do know that our listeners 11 and 12 did drop off a a box full of books at at our church on Monday. So thank you, listeners 11 and 12, um, because you're kind of at the end of our listening list. So appreciate that. We started a series on prayer, and today I want to begin with a couple quotes. The first one is by A.W. Pink. And I just would love to hear you guys' reactions to these quotes. He writes, Prayer is not designed for the furnishing of God with the knowledge of what we need, but it is designed as a confession to Him of our sense of need. There's that popular cliche that goes something like, I don't want to, you know, burden God with all of my little details. You know, He's busy. He's busy enough, right? That That's... That's such a wrong view. God is glorified when we bring our sense of need to Him. And He specifically says it in Psalm 50, verse 15, Call upon me in the day of trouble, so when you are in need, pray to me. I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. So God is specifically glorified when we bring him our needs, when we cast our dependence upon him. Um, and in fact, it's it's an insult to God to to act like we got this on our own. Yeah. Someone said that prayerlessness stems from ingratitude. We don't thank God. It stems from self-righteousness. We don't confess our sins. It stems from presumptuousness. We don't pray for daily needs. 
It stems from self-centeredness. We don't ask God to provide and bless other people. It stems from misplaced affection. We do not enjoy being in God's presence. You know, we, we've been made to bring those very things to God, uh, that, you know, our whole dependence. In Him we live and move and have our being. That's our dependence. And prayer is uh, simply acknowledging that dependence upon Him. That idea of confession, too, uh, I love the understanding and reminding myself even of the, the reality that confession is agreeing with God. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it's getting on the same page and it's getting ourselves on the same page of to what God already knows. And actually, he knows it even better in, in a much deeper and fuller sense than we will even be able to That's confess. That's why we say, search me, O God, and know my heart. That's Try right. me, That's know right. my ways. <laughs> when you th- think about the Lord's teaching on prayer in, the, in Matthew and the context that it's found in, in the Sermon on the Mount, the overarching dominant theme of that whole teaching, not on prayer, but of the Sermon on the Mount, is the fatherhood of God and the relationship of the Father with his children. And I think so often we look at that relationship and think of ourselves as more grown children. And I actually think that the sense is that we're little ones, that we're toddlers, and that we have a Heavenly Father who loves us and takes care of us. And as you think through the prayer that that Jesus taught, he is wanting us to come with our needs, that sense of dependence. He's not saying, you know what, you you just engage in life. I mean, if you get in trouble, come and find me. No, he's saying the way of life is a perpetual sense of dependence upon your father, um, just like a little toddler would have. And I think we do it an injustice by picturing in our head that we're upper teens. Mm. Um, and I think the, the better picture is, no, we're, we're, we're two-year-olds, that unless the father takes care of us, we're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're trying to do it on our own. We're trying to uh, spread our own wings as, as if we were, were capable on our own, as opposed to that dependence of living in the family of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Josh referenced even previously this idea of marriage and the relationship of marriage, being in a covenant relationship, well, being a, an adopted child mm-hmm. of God in that, as a, as a young one, as a little one, living in a relationship of being able, free to ask for things, to just have that the family love in, in the way in which we relate to each other is, is, is a good way to understand and think about prayer. Mm-hmm. The second quote is from Calvin. Calvin explains that the Lord instructs his people to pray, for he ordained it not so much for his own sake as for ours. Now he wills that his due be rendered to him, but the profit of this sacrifice also by which he is worshipped returns to us. That's that Piper Christian hedonism thought again, right? Like God is glorified in us as we are satisfied in Him. I mean, that's the, I think this is the secret to Christ, the Christian life. You know, we know that our duty is to bring glory to God. Prayer brings glory to God. If we can get that second part, that God's glory is our joy. I mean, this is the first lie and 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 the most pervasive lie in the world today. That, that Satan told our first parents that we continue to believe that if you have, you have to choose between obedience and joy, but you can't have both. That's a lie. That's the first lie. It's the, it's the ultimate lie. Prayer shows us that when we bring glory to God in communing with him, all the joy is ours. 
I think Calvin went on and picked up on this. I was reading Calvin uh, last night on this very subject. He said, Still, it's very important for us to call upon him. First, that our hearts may be fired with a zealous and burning desire ever to seek love and serve him while we become accustomed in every need to flee to him as a sacred anchor. Second, that there may enter our hearts no desire, no wish at all, which we should be ashamed to make him a witness while we learn to set all of our wishes before his eyes and even pour out our whole hearts. Third, that we be prepared to receive his benefits with true gratitude of heart and thanksgiving, benefits that our prayers remind us come from his hand. Mm. That, that goes with what you're saying. You know, I mean, there's an enjoy, the enjoyment comes back, but it also it protects us from you know, even, even doing that which we, we would be ashamed for him to see. Mm. I think that's an important part too, because yeah. because it's because we're so prayerless, we can be temporary agnostics or atheists. You know, we you know, or we simply say, well, it's you know, it's God's duty to forgive. I'll I'll sin. He'll forgive me. And uh, prayer keeps us out of that thought life. Yeah, yeah. Several weeks ago, we did a series on books, and then we did just a rapid-fire Q&A, and I think in one of those two, I'd mentioned that I think The Institutes is just in still one of the most profound books that I've read, um, one of the most influential books that I've read. And naturally, some parts of The Institutes are harder than others, but there are sections of The Institutes that, to me, are just, are just worship. And I think this is maybe where Calvin was at his best, is in his Institutes when he was writing on prayer, I didn't look it up before this show, but I think it's book three, chapter 20. I'm hoping somebody can help me. I think that's where I, yeah. it is in the Institutes. Yeah, of, of course. That's exactly yeah. where it's at. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if it's, well, if you have it, you can look it up. Yeah. Um, but, but this is why yeah. the, Calvin well, was well, called the well, theologian yeah. of prayer. Well, and he also he's called the theologian of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. The Holy yeah. Spirit is the one that inspires the prayers that we offer up to him. And uh, the and gives us the ability to cry out, "Abba, Father!" You know this because we have the Holy Spirit, because we've been adopted into His family. But we have this natural inclination then to go to Him as a father, like you were talking about earlier about you know as a child dependent upon the father. It's the Holy Spirit that gives us that ability. Calvin brings that out as what's as the theologian of the Holy Spirit, the theologian of prayer. So very simply, what is the benefit of prayer? If you were just trying to to bring it down to its just nuts and bolts, and somebody says, well, why should I pray? What would you respond? Why should you eat? Why should you breathe? Why should you sleep? It's life. Life with God is our life. and There is no life outside of him. Psalmist says, your steadfast love is better than life. Um, I would say that's the core of, of the benefit. That's the best benefit is that we get God. Yeah, it's part of the enjoyment of God, as you've already brought up, but it's that it's that element of, of love. And and by the way, um, Russ, uh, well done. It, it's chapter, it's book three, chapter 20. It is, okay. <laughs> so you nailed okay. it. Uh, I just happened to have the Institutes already up, so okay, we were yeah, good yeah. there. Um, <laughs> 
no, why, why do we pray? I mean, it, it's it's that it is that lifeblood, and it's that it's that combination of communion with God. Um, I, I think it's really a great thing when we're following it up after having read His Word, mm-hmm. um, and praying through the Word is really such an important element as we as we understand who God is, and as we understand who we are in relationship to Him. Then prayer becomes something more that you want to do. It's a desire, and it's a, it's a love because you understand to whom you're praying. I don't know, maybe this is just me, but in my relationship with my wife, there are moments where I'll say, I know we've talked through this, I know we've been over this, but it would be good for me to just just to lay this out one more time, to talk through this one more time. I need to, I need to get this off my chest. And I think sometimes prayer is that, um, that God knows it, God is well aware of the circumstances that we're in, but there's moments where I just need to unburden myself to God and, and say, okay, I'm struggling with this. This, I'm, Maybe it's relational. Maybe, maybe it's a spiritual issue. Maybe I don't, It can be a lot of things, but I, I need, quote, unquote, you to know because I know that you care. I know that you love me. And there's – I don't want to make prayer therapeutic – but there is a therapeutic aspect to prayer that God has designed it as a way for him to help us deal with the issues and concerns of life because he's a good father that wants to hear from his children. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, um, we, we've, we've been referring to it even as breathing, but prayer is just a thought away, right? We, we, we can pray in, in silence and, and having that that, that closeness, like you said, Russ, to the ability to just go over that which we know he knows and we've actually know, but it's not a burden to, to uh, tell you the same thing, uh, once again, even as John said. Well, we'll follow up on this topic again tomorrow. Thanks for listening, and we will see you then.